DJ Twin Beats in the house. We are joined by Harinder and Verinder Singh. What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Yo, yo, what's up, man? Same old working on that music and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you guys joining the show, man. Um, So we want to, you know, focus on this episode. Just getting to know you guys, man. Have your fans and followers tune in. I know there's a lot of craziness going on in the world right now. So it'd be a nice break for people to listen and, uh, and see what you guys are up to. So what is, what has life been like, you know, these past few months with the virus going on in terms of your work and how things have been affected? What have you guys been doing? I'm imagining you guys can't obviously go to like receptions and travel and all that stuff. Right. So how, how have things been like? Yeah, man, it's been, it's been pretty crazy, but it's like, it stopped a few things for us. Like we haven't been able to travel we haven't been able to do shows, uh, weddings and stuff, but it kind of opened up a new opportunity for us, like to actually work on our content, work on our craft and all that kind of stuff. You know, we've been just working like hours and hours. We've been just in, as busy as we were back then now, you know, so it's like you just got to utilize your time the right way. Yeah, honestly, I don't think I wouldn't say much has changed because before all of this pandemic, we were going to the gym, coming home, working on music. Besides the weekend, some of the weekends we'd be flying out for shows or wedding bookings or whatever the case is. But besides that, we're just working on content, um, trying to better ourselves in any way we can. Yeah. So for those who are listening, I've known you guys for a long time, man. You got your your gym routine will, will never go away no matter what happens. But I mean, I've known you guys since you guys are teenagers. I was looking at old basketball pictures of us. I've known you guys since you guys, before you guys grow facial beard. Before you guys figured out what the Express two for one deal was, and also now became DJ Twinbees, I was like, okay, I see y'all. But no, real talk though, you know, to see where you guys have been and where you guys are at now, man, I really salute you guys for that. It's awesome to see you guys come out with your music and just releasing all that and making, you know, having a following. It's it's awesome to see that. Not only just here, but globally too, right? Like, how has that experience been? Just like being known worldwide and and having shows in different countries and. Like, for example, your song Streets was on the radio in England, right? Like, how, how has that been like? Well, it's awesome. We never really expected any of this when we started, right? Like, it was kind of like more for helping our parents out with income and stuff. It was never really, music was never a goal for us like that until we got into it and it became a passion. We just kept going and going. We never really knew we had something to do with music until we did it for something that was like just to help our parents, right? And then now it's like kind of getting global with it. And we're definitely not anywhere near where we want to be you know we got a long way to go yeah so did you got did you guys always want to be djs or get in the music industry or like you said it was more so of kind of one way to make money then you guys realized you could make a career out of being good at it like how was that what was that like yeah man it was honestly it started as it's there's a whole story behind it but it was never like a thing that we thought would be our main job like we were going to school at the time like we played basketball. We played basketball so hardcore. Like we thought that we were gonna play overseas and stuff, all the way up until we got injuries and stuff. Like we wanted to play ball like that, you know. But that was the main focus always. But this kind of just stemmed off of helping our parents, and then it became a passion, and it actually took off for us, you know. Question: When it comes to like making songs and things like that, I see you guys like do remixes of like Drake songs and other things like that. What? What do you guys look for in a song that you're like, you know what, I'm going to throw my little twist on that? Is it just like, do you feel like a hot song? Do you guys kind of like do some research? How do you guys figure out and pick and choose what songs to, to add your twist on? So it's like, if we ever find a song and we, we feel that we can't, if we can do something to it that can make it better or make a different version of it, we'll be like, all right, let's do it. If this song that's already hidden and it's sounding nice and this is like, it doesn't need a remix to it, we're not going to go and remix it, right? We'll see yeah. remix songs and they're not as good as the original 
or it's not a different version of the original. It's just kind of like there, right? So we just kind of, we hear a song and we're like, yo, we can do something to it. We'll just go and try to do our thing to it. Yeah, you're, uh, the mashup, you guys are big into mashups I've seen on YouTube, right? And it's like yeah. you guys add the Punjabi flavor with it. And like the one with Drake and Bad Bunny, the Mia. That, I mean, that has over 11 million views on YouTube. That's pretty dope, man. Nice, like, nice. Just adding that Bhangra flavor, right? The Bollywood flavor to it. Yeah. Um, is awesome, you know. And did I, you guys think that was gonna blow up like that, or like yeah. did it, it? It just like you know, just like just having fun. It's like, dude, we got millions of views on this. The yeah. craziest thing is, so like we we did kind of like we're like, yo, yo, this is sick, right? Like the you guys can't now you can understand Punjabi, right? But like if you listen to it, every single song that comes back to back, it makes sense with the other, right? And a lot of people do mashups where it's just like they just throw random songs in. Ours mm-hmm. is like pretty much, it's a whole story, that whole song, that whole mashup. I mean. So it's like, we'll, we'll put a lot of creativity into it. And then we had this song blow up originally when it got released, but now recently, because of TikTok, is getting huge again. It probably hit like mm. freaking like three three million views in the last like, what, month or something? Yeah, but <laughs> it's consistently, like since it released, it's been hitting around 30,000 views a day. Damn, that's wild. That's awesome, man. That's crazy to think, especially with TikTok too, and just util- utilizing that platform and getting even more followers that way. It's definitely an end. Uh, which, by the way, so you two are two sings. I'm a sing. We uh, level the playing field here with the other guys that are in here. So we'll, we'll handle like the Desi side of things. They'll handle the other side because you're like you don't know Punjabi. As soon as you said that, Avery was like, uh, "What?" what yeah, I, I, I've had, I've tried to have Corinne teach me Punjabi for like literally 20 years. I'm like, dude, just teach me one word, and I, I can't, I can't learn it, man. I've tried, I can't. All you guys need to do is just listen to twin songs because most likely that's the stuff that's going to be playing at my Actually, that is the stuff that's going to be playing at my wedding. So just get used to, you know, twins. just hand out, you know, hand out your album to them because let them get ready for my wedding. I got the, I got the dance down. You know, you got the, 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 the lamp, you got the cat, whatever, you know, something like yeah. that, right? Aaron, you got to yeah. find a girlfriend first, bro. Can't be oh, come on, man. <laughs> Damn, there it is. There it is. I was waiting for it. Oh, man. But so... Let's go back to what we're talking about here, y'all. So about your music. So you guys are kind of getting more into the path of kind of creating your own music and content, right? As opposed to just like what we were just talking about, doing receptions and weddings and stuff like that. You guys are kind of making your own music. You've learned that you're taking singing lessons and all that. Is that the transition you guys want to permanently make? Or is that more so you guys are focused on just for now? Or how? what is that mindset like? Yeah, so honestly, man, it was we never thought we'd be become singers and writers and all that stuff, you know, but it was just like, at, since we're kids, we kind of had this like, creative flow with everything we do. And it just like kept going and going. And it was more of like a thing when we, when we were DJs, like we kind of felt like we plateaued, like in our, in our South Asian communities, like we, we toured four years in a row, you know, like we went to every city in North America and we were selling out most of the shows. I'm not to say we sold out every single show, but majority of them were packed, you know. And year after year, it was fun. It's still fun as hell. But it's like, we're like, what else can we do, you know? And then we kind of just started writing. We started singing. We started working on our vocals. And it was like, when we were work with artists as well, like, I don't want to talk down about the industry, but it's just like a lot of selfishness and just like, people weren't getting stuff to us on time. It was like very hard. Like we just weren't able to work the way that we wanted to work. And we just kind of started learning how to do everything ourselves. We started learning how to shoot video, how to edit video. Um, We do all of our own album art, like all the digital stuff. And we just kind of learned every little thing, how to do it. We're just 
going off that, you know? Yeah, and we're still, like, obviously, as singers, we're still learning a lot. We have a lot more to learn. And every time we look back at our old stuff, we're like, yo, this is trash. <laughs> like, I feel like, you know, at least we recognize that. We know we want to get better, and we have that drive for it, right? So it's like, um, even the stuff we're coming out with now, like, we, um, we haven't really mentioned this anywhere yet i mean it's being mentioned here first but we got we got an ep coming soon hopefully in the next month or so or in two months we got an ep dropping and i mean you guys will definitely if you hear our old stuff and hear that you'll notice the difference in vocals writing and everything even the music like everything's just getting a lot better i'd say nice that's awesome awesome Awesome. we have a name for it no nothing we don't have a name yet but i mean we're still thinking about all that stuff we're just working on the tracks we have all it's four tracks we've got it all um figure it out it's just we need to get it mixed and mastered and all those um finishing touches on it about your about your creative process and everything you know that comes with it so how is like what it like how has it evolved from where you started and like where you are now because you were talking about your growth you're talking about you're learning all these new skills but what about the process for you like you know when you first started like what was and you're kind of new to the game and like you're kind of like lost and how has it grown and what is it now yeah, man, it's just like, it's, it just all starts with hard work for us, you know, like even when it was on the basketball court, it was, we never gave up on anything, you know, until it was like a dead end stop for us in a way, like just injuries and stuff came in the way. Like for this, it's just like, you just keep working hard and you use your own mind. Like you don't want to, you don't want to copy someone because then you're not original. And it's like, there's enough copies out there, you know? So it's just like, you sit in your room, you just do your thing, and you kind of create your own style that no one else has heard. Like, if we had copied someone with any of our stuff, we wouldn't be hitting 11 million views on a mix, you know? And it's just like that with anything, you know, like it could be with as an artist, like anything, like a painter, anything, you know, same stuff. Yeah. So yeah. what about, um, since, I mean, how, what about working? Like, I know you two are twins. You, you been together all your lives. Like how, what's the, like the flow, like between, you know, both of you, like, like it's probably seamless, but like, like do you, do you guys butt heads? Like, hey, no, I want this to sound like this. Or I want this to sound like that. Like, what's like what's yeah? What's going what's going on in the lab? So yeah, so sometimes we'll butt heads. Definitely, I mean, it's not like everything's everything's gonna go smooth. Um, but at the end of it, we come to an agreement, and what we want to do, um, we'll sometimes one of us will write the song, the other one will write the song, whatever. We'll throw vocals on it. Doesn't really like for us. It's not like oh yo, I want to be the vocalist on this track. It's just like let's get it out there. Let's put some good together, right? And yeah, it's just we work, we we try to write every day, and we try to get better with everything every day. It's just putting out content at this point. That's where we're at. We're we're. I mean, we go through our struggles, of course, and I mean that's what that's what kind of makes us what we are, though. You know, if without the um without us button heads, if if we were agreeing to everything, who knows things might not be as good. You know, yeah. when did you guys realize that? you know, DJing was going to be, you know, less of a hobby because I'm, I'm sure you guys love what you guys are doing, but when did it become less of a hobby and more of like the real deal where we got to take it more seriously and, 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 and work a little bit harder and, and crafting, crafting our art? Um, so when, it, when we started off, it was basically, we didn't know jack shit about DJing. Like my dad used to DJ as a local DJ since like 1995. And he was more of like, just a typical dj like it would work in the indian community like you could just fade songs in fade songs out right and it wasn't like really like a skill type of thing like he had a he had music knowledge like crazy so we got a lot of that from him but 
otherwise when we first bought our equipment it was we we're going to cod we we're going to college a community college and his dj business was declining because there's like other people coming up and his style kind of got outdated and we basically we're like dude like what can we do to help and we thought getting new equipment would make us better djs and we went and took our school loans and literally spent twenty thousand dollars on new equipment when we bought the equipment we didn't know what to do with it we're like um like how does shit work we had no idea like how to do anything at all (laughs) and now you have 20 grand just pull it out just yeah Fuck the books. <laughs> like, okay, like if we buy turntables, like our shit's gonna sound good and we're gonna be DJs. And obviously that wasn't the case. So we basically yeah. started like I remember we were putting in like eight to ten hours a day just going ham on learning how to DJ. Like we're self-teaching ourselves. While going to school. It was, yeah. It was, I mean, we're losing a lot of sleep, but we 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 learned a lot of the stuff that people would have learned and I'd say in like five years we learned that stuff in like probably a year or two years like we we sped up the process next level just putting in hours yeah. yeah and it just like little by little like when you start doing something then you start loving it it just becomes a passion you know and then we were going to i would say it was our second or third year when we actually started getting like next level popping like internationally people were hearing our stuff and we were still going to uic at this point and we we're financially we started doing a lot better and we kind of like knew at this point that this could be our career and we didn't have to finish our degree at UIC, but it obviously made sense for us. Like we wanted to make sure that we got our bachelor's and did all that. Cause it's like, we still had two years left at this point, I think. And we started traveling and stuff too, like internationally at that point. But from there on, man, it was like, we finished our degree, but we never actually used it and actually like getting a job. But otherwise we just knew that music would be our path. Right. Yeah. You guys are really, really, really started from the bottom. Now we're here. Like that's literally the city of you guys, man. And it, just, and it just shows like you guys' work ethic, right? And what you guys are saying, it all starts with work ethic and having that right mindset. And just knowing you guys personally, just seeing all the work you put in behind closed doors, Render, like what you were just saying, like, you know, learning all this stuff when yeah. people really learned it, you know, in a long period of time, you guys kind of consolidated everything, got really passionate about it and learned. Um, and then I remember you guys are saying, you know, with your, you're going down this path of like singing and stuff like that. And I asked you, I was like, yo, so I saw the videos of you, like with you singing. I was like, how'd you guys learn that? I, I never knew you could sing. And you're like, you know, we're taking vocal classes, you know, and that just loses again to your hard work and you guys really wanted to push it and really want what you guys want. So you guys, you know, at the end of the day, you guys are role models too, for a lot of people too, because it can show, you know, if you really want something, you just got to go get it. Right. And yeah, that's definitely. what you guys are doing right now. Definitely, bro. It's, no, I feel like nothing's like, if you really want something and you put the hours into it, I don't think there's anything that can hold you back from it, to be honest. Like, we we never thought we'd be here, but, like, shit, we're putting in crazy hours and we're getting it. And it's like, we're, I wouldn't even say we're halfway where we want to be. Like, we're, we're still chasing a lot of dreams. We got a long way to go. For sure. You guys are still young, man. You guys got the whole whole future out of you. What, uh, yeah. what advice do you guys have for anyone that's listening to the podcast right now that, that's, that wants to be a DJ or is looking to do something like what you guys are doing, but they don't have $20,000 worth of equipment. They have, you know, an old MacBook uh, laptop and something else that they're trying to, you know, trying to get their, it's a their garage band. Was yeah, that the garbage band? I don't band? know. I think What's that's the yeah. garbage band rock band. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, man, you don't need fancy equipment. You could, you could get it done with like the least expensive equipment. It doesn't matter. It's all about skill. Like you gotta, I think the best advice 
is to self-teach yourself. Because I remember we would ask people for help and no one would help us. Like, And I'm, I'm very grateful that no one helped us because we developed our own style. And YouTube. yeah, and YouTube, like research, man, like obviously Google, YouTube, like you could figure out how to do anything, you know, like this, obviously all the stuff that we use. Um, but in terms of like a lot of people always ask us too, like, can you teach us? And then like the, what I tell them is I was like, do it yourself. Cause then you develop your own style or else if I'm teaching you, you're going to be learning my style right. and that's not what you want. That doesn't make you original. Yeah. I know you said you you guys play shows in Chicago, Toronto, Vegas. Do you guys have a favorite city or like a favorite venue that you're like, dude, I'm going back. You know, I love this place. I love to play there. The atmosphere is great. Do you have a favorite city, favorite venue? All right. So you guys would probably be like, yo, what the hell? But it would be Calgary in Canada. <laughs> well, no, well, they don't know, but they don't know is that, that Toronto. No, that's population. Alberta. Calgary doesn't have Calgary. Has, yeah, Alberta has a lot of Indian people. So it's like, that's what most of our following is. And most of the people that show up to our, um, to our gigs and our shows. But the thing is like Toronto, Vancouver, actually probably outnumber Calgary and Alberta, but the love there is just crazy. Like we go to those shows and it's just like sold out crazy, like atmosphere. The crowd's always like, people are like literally louder than the speakers. Like speakers will be full volume and you hear people over it. (laughs) And you know how that happened with uh, Calgary? Like what, what made them just fall in love? I'm not even sure, man. It's just like, <laughs> even Alberta has two cities, which are kind of like Punjabi populated. There's um, Edmonton and Calgary. And Edmonton, we actually sold out this venue for 800 people that like, I think on Friday nights has never been sold out there. It, it so, was like eight. It was, I think like 870. I remember they told us the exact amount. And this is like a venue that they never had any um, Indian like no Indian artist have, has ever performed there. Like they've always had like people like Drake, Lil John, and stuff like that. And they allowed us to perform at the venue and they literally sold the whole thing out. Like it was like 870 or something. I don't think they've ever sold out or something like on a Friday. We heard some stuff like that from the owner. He's like, you guys did good. And we're like, damn, that's awesome, man. We're grateful for that. You guys plan on going back there anytime soon or, or what's your, uh, like, well, I mean, not right now, obviously, because what's, what's going yeah. on, but sometime in the future, you guys go yeah, we, back to certain venues and perform there again, or how does that work? So basically, it's, it's however the promoter takes up on it. Um, we were just in um, Edmonton and Calgary, what, in February? Yeah, yeah February. And um, it's just usually like, it's different venues sometimes in the cities, sometimes the same venues. It just all depends it's on all, where the it's promoter. It's like every show, it's not only like us pulling the crowd or like, it's because of us, you know, it, it has to be the word has to get out locally as well. So the promoters play a um, big part in that. And if it's like a really well promoter, he's going to make sure the word's out there and then people are going to show up, right? But then if it's like the promoter's not doing his job, he's not doing too much and he thinks like, yo, it's just going to self-sell, like Instagram and Facebook isn't enough for us anymore because of the algorithms, right? You post a poster and like not as much people are going to see it versus five years ago when you could post a poster and every single one of your followers would see it, right? So it's like, now it's like it is up to local promotion and these promoters have to go out and locally promote the event too to get people into the door. And I think that's what has caused a lot of the shows to decline in numbers as well. If the like, because a lot of these guys like they want to get up and be promoters, like new guys, which is awesome, right? They want to they want to pursue their passion, but if they don't actually focus on getting the word out themselves, and they hope the artists themselves can just do it, that's when the show kind of does take a hit. Right. Um, so I was gonna say like 
the promoters got to do their jobs, but you guys also got to do your jobs, right? You guys got to be good at the end of the day, right? And it yeah. seems like I, I feel like in this industry, it's it spreads by word of mouth, right? Like, oh, did you guys hear these guys, these new guys that are new, whatever the twins, and their music just spreads. It just spreads like wildfire. All of a sudden, you have like a following. But I also think you guys definitely took advantage of the situation, especially in the Daisy community, right? There's always these DJs that people know, right? Like you always call this person or your family give the, give the the hookup to this number you know call call my cha-cha and he'll know this and he knows this person he'll bring you in here right kind of a thing and now that like i feel like those kind of djs are kind of fading out and then you guys kind of came in capitalized kind of filled in that void but then also brought like the younger generation too right so now you guys can grow with this following too and just seeing how it, you know, just growing together and just kind of building that fan base and continue to do so is, is pretty cool to see. Yeah, bro. Definitely. So I wanted to ask about the, your like touring life. Like, so, um, like, do you usually just travel? Is it just constant touring? Is it, do you go like city to city to city or you go city back home, city back home, city back home? So basically when we were, when we first started touring, we would spread out our schedule so we could chill in the city for like two, three days. It was like so new to us, you know, and we're like, yo, we want to fucking chill. We want to check this shit out. But now it kind of became a thing of like, we traveled so much and we got not over it, but it wasn't the same thing anymore. You know, like we don't want to be in like, even like we're in Cali so much. We don't want to be there for four days now, you know, mm-hmm. and we just kind of make it. So if we're on the West coast, we'll try to knock out, a lot of the West Coast shows, and then the East Coast will try knocking out the East Coast shows. Ah, uh, yeah. So, like, what's what's life on the road like, basically, when you're when you go in city to city consecutively? Um, I mean, dude, it depends. Like, sometimes we don't get a lot of sleep, but otherwise, we don't we don't really go wild and party and shit. Like, we don't we're, we've been sober our whole life, so we've never drank or smoked anything in our life, so we don't do that shit. But we used to go pubbing and stuff, and like hang out with people. Like promoters would invite us to events. Um, but honestly, like, recently we haven't done much of that. We've just been kind of in and out. Sober DJs. That's crazy. I, I think that you guys might be like the first DJs I've heard that are sober. <laughs> Usually it's like, you could tell it's like this, dude, this dude's rolling on something, you know, <laughs> he's like bopping his head or stuff. That's, that's interesting. Very no, cool. But that's awesome. You guys... For you guys. That, that gives you less chance or less vices, less distractions and more time to wear on your craft and kind of, you know, really. Yeah do what you guys love doing. So that's great. Yeah. We really guys see any hate, uh, like being like Indian DJs working with promoters. Do you guys see any like discrimination or hate because you guys are, are, are Indian DJs? Do you, have you guys experienced that at all or not really? Um, not really. Cause like the promoters themselves are, they're all Brown. They're, they're Indian, you know, like, yeah. Right. All of our promoters. Yeah. Yeah. Indian. yeah. They've, yeah. They've mostly been Indian. So it's kind of been like, the crowd's been Indian. It's been more um, promoted to the Indian crowd. So, I mean, I, I don't think we've faced that type of issue. It hasn't been like um, – so the thing is, I think these promoters sometimes do have an issue getting some venues, especially in Canada, because they want to stay away from the Indian crowd. So that that, mm-hmm. that would be an issue that they kind of do face, of course, like getting certain venues because, I guess, the Indian crowd, they don't like having – at some nights or like Saturdays or something. I don't know. Like sometimes like venues will only be open to Indian crowds on Fridays just because I guess they want a more mainstream crowd on like the popping days, like Saturday. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think there's definitely other reasons behind it too. Cause like in, in Canada, a lot of the events, they get shut down like before the night ends because yeah. there's fights that break out and all this shit. And it's like, 
it's not controllable. Like these people just walk into the venue, like wanting to fight. Yeah, Punjabi people are kind of, they are, a lot of them are aggressive, especially when they drink. There's going to be a fight, even at a wedding reception, <laughs> you'll probably see a fight happen. I don't think in Chicago as much, but mm-hmm. Cali, Vancouver, like more Punjabi populated areas, Toronto, you'll, every wedding reception will probably have a fist fight. Uh, yeah, Flashbacks yeah, yeah, of Corinne. Uh, yeah, Corinne had a Jersey Shore face. <laughs> I, I, as soon as you said that, I looked at you guys all looking at me, I'm like, oh man, exposed us. <laughs> What's the support uh, been like from your friends and family when you guys uh, started out your career and, and now? Um, so our, our parents have been supportive. Like they, they've been all for it. They're like, as long as you guys finish your degrees and stuff, they weren't like pushing us for that either. You know, they've really been supportive from the start with everything. Um, so we just wanted to make them happy in return. Right. We're like, yo, we're going to do everything we're doing for them. And honestly, that's what even right now we're doing everything for our parents. It's not like we're, we're here like, yo, let's get famous, let's make money and stuff. You know, we want to make our parents proud. We want to make the people that support us proud. It's really like, it's not like, uh, for us, we're not so materialistic. We don't want to be like, yo, we got the nice whips in the garage and stuff type of thing. But like, yeah. it's, yeah, I mean, everyone's been supportive. Our friends, of course, they've been supportive. Um, honestly, sometimes we'd see our friends not supporting us. And like, in the beginning, I'd say, like, a lot of our friends weren't like posting our stuff and every all that stuff. And we'd have like, um other random people that discovered us that are like sharing our stuff all the time but i mean it's just like i see now everyone is supporting so it's whatever you know like everyone at least at one point they're supporting us and they're telling us you're doing great all that stuff it feels good nice it's great have you kind of figured out who really rolls with you guys and who really doesn't at this point kind of a thing right they're supporting you for the right and wrong reasons i'm sure you guys probably adapted to that yeah, yeah I, I felt like our circle's always been small like we've the people that have always been around us for the last, since we started this thing are pretty much the people that are still here today. Yeah. I was like, we never, uh, yeah, I don't remember. Like, maybe, maybe dropped a few. Yeah. But maybe. like, it hasn't been like more, you haven't, I mean, if even current, you've noticed like, we don't see any new people coming into our crew. It's been like yeah. Zane and all these guys, right. It's like, yeah. we haven't really picked up any new people. We kind of stay small with our circle. Like we've known, especially being in this industry, there's been so much, messed up things that we've seen and like noticed and we're just like yo let's keep it small like stick to our um goals and our plan that we have and let's just stay motivated really smart really smart mindset to have but like you say with being supportive i remember and all of us i remember we went to your your chicago show and i'm just gonna put the city of chicago on on the spot right now because obviously i see all your snaps and stuff like that and all these other cities that are lit and then we went to the Chicago show. It was fun. It was cool to see you guys in your own element and just excelling. That's when I was really like, you guys are like, this is awesome. You know, just seeing yeah. you guys making people happy, people dancing. Um, but then at the end of the day, I was like, man, this is not as packed as these other cities. So Chicago's got to step up its game for real, though. Like, But I know like there's a different culture like in the West Coast and like what well, you guys said in Canada, right? The you know Punjabi community is also way bigger out there. So how, how do you balance in terms of like, wanting to go somewhere and, and understanding different regions and stuff like that like you know this is gonna be popping for this you know we'll definitely be able to kind of play this style here or do this and that like how does that work yeah man so it's basically like like you guys are at a chicago show and you guys like you said you've seen our snapchats from other shows like those are nice level popping in chicago is like whatever right and it comes down to the community too man like there's a lot of artists that have been into chicago like a lot of south asian artists and they've said things like, I don't think I'd ever return to Chicago because even like some of the biggest artists show up here and people don't show up. People just don't come out. It's just like, mm-hmm. there's no community here for it, you know? And 
at the end of the day, but for us as artists, like we still want to be able to perform for the people that do support us in that city, you know, or else they'll never get to see us. So it's just, it's, it just said is what it is at the end of the day. Yeah, we've gone to cities um, where, like, they don't expect to have a lot of crowds, right? But it's like those people really want to see us perform. So we're like, yo, even if it's 200 people, 100 people, we're still going to go and perform for them, right? It's like it's either they get to see us or they don't get to see us. So it's like, wow, for us, it's not like, yo, we want a packed show every time. We also want to be able to perform for the people that really love us. And then going back to the Chicago show, um, it's crazy because – I'd have to say I only knew 10 people in the crowd. Like, really? Yeah. It was like, it was our crew and maybe a few other guys, but a lot of these other people that are like, yeah, yeah, what's up guys? I know these guys are, we hear from someone else saying like, yo, those guys are like my brothers. I grew up with them, but I didn't, I didn't see them at the show. You know, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So outside of DJing, what do you guys like to do? Like what hobbies do you guys have? Um, I know what, what what one of them are uh, because you know I, that, that's that's most of the time where I see you guys at. But just let let the world and the viewers know like what are your other hobbies outside of DJing? Yeah, so honestly, dude, basketball. That's where we're headed after this thing too. We're gonna be playing. <laughs> so where y'all playing at? Where y'all playing? At? <laughs> <got> open court. <laughs> Some random ass yeah. part. <laughs> but honestly, man, like we we enjoy music so much, like even writing and stuff, like whatever, like any, any sort of work that we're doing, doing towards music, that's kind of like our hobby and our passion. It's like, that's all we know. Like, honestly, we haven't watched TV since friggin' since we started this thing. So like eight years ago, I don't even know what TV is. Like people talk about all these TV shows or like Netflix and stuff. And I'm just like, I don't really know what that is. (laughs) Like, honestly, bro, it's been, we don't like we stopped watching the NBA too. Like, we didn't have time for it. It was either we play basketball or we watch basketball. And obviously we love playing basketball. So it's literally like our daily schedule. <laughs> let's say before things like before the pandemic and everything, it was work on music, go to the gym, get a workout in, come back, work on music, sleep. Yeah. It'd be like 12, 12 hours a day just working on music. So it's like, it's, it was really just music, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's something that, I guess when they say like it's not really work for you if you really love doing it, right? That's what it is for us. For us, it it is like our hobby. It is like our job. It's everything. It's it doesn't really like. I don't I don't feel like it ever gets boring. Yeah. What about that the the wacky schedule that you guys have? Like, have you guys are you sick? Because I'll be seeing like you guys. Oh, there's a twins at the gym at three o'clock in the morning again. You know, <laughs> it's like because you guys are doing these events where you guys there till mad late, right? And then even when you're traveling, you know, you're back at home. It's like six a.m. and stuff. It's like how is how is have you guys adapted to that lifestyle? I'm sure by now. Yeah, bro. We literally. I feel like when you work, like when you're working with music and creative works, like a lot of your mind flows at night. So we're usually up to like 6 a.m. Like sometimes it gets so bad, we're up to like freaking 10 a.m. And it's just like, I don't like that though. Cause you miss the whole sun, you know? Like, <laughs> we barely see the sun in the winter. We wake up and we're like, yo, like where's the sun? Kind <laughs> <laughs> of be like shit. But now it's like, obviously the days are um, longer. So it's not that bad. But I mean, I'm trying, We I like to wake up more around like 12, a, 12 p.m. Where it's like, it's not the morning, but I mean, I still get a good good amount of the daylight and stuff. But I mean, it's it's I, I, like you said, of course, like you're you're working and there's no distractions when you're working late, late at night and your phone's not ringing. No one's hitting you up. None, none of that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. 
So you guys hinted at uh, about issues with like you know the industry and stuff like that. Um, do you guys want to expand on that? Yeah. Um, so the industry, man, there's like we could talk for days about it to be honest. But um, first of all, if you're for people that are listening and are getting into the industry, don't ever do anything without a contract. Like just don't. We've tried to trust people a few times. I'm mean, to say maybe five a few six times, times. Like a lot of times. We try to trust people. People that are like trustworthy like we don't we wouldn't just trust them and every single time we lost money we've lost so much money i'm talking Mm -hmm. like thousands and um it's just like if you did that if we did that contract at that point it would have been like we wouldn't have lost the money obviously but it's like in the indian um community it's kind of like i don't know it's like sometimes it seems kind of rude to ask for a contract i guess right especially if you have a relationship with that person but the thing is we've learned we've learned so much that you just can't trust anyone doesn't matter what relationship you have with them getting it get it written it's it's like you'll you'll lose money you will and i've known other people that have lost money just because of contracts and it's just like um people are just in it for their own benefit to be honest in the industry so did that did that ever that these experiences did that ever sway you from the path you're on like man i don't want to always see the worst in people or i didn't want to like how has that affected you, like, moving forward? Besides, like, always wanting a contract, but did it, did it sway you from wanting to stick and stay in the industry? I mean, dude, we've had a pretty rocky road. So we were kind of naive when we walked in this industry. Like, we were always taught by our parents to be good people, and that's what we were. And, like, I love this industry, but it's not full of a lot of good people. It just isn't. And we – so the Punjabi industry, like, that's the industry that we're a part of – when we started losing money in it, like people just screwing us over and shit, we went last year, right? We we kind of we're like, dude, if we could skip the Punjabi industry, we would do it and just make like um, pop music and just stuff like that, right? Because like our main goal, like I think like a lot of artists' main goal is to hit the mainstream radio, you know? Oh wow, that's crazy. Yeah. All right, so let's get a little fun with it. Uh, what is your weirdest fan interaction weirdest fan interaction oh. we've had a lot oh dude this one time <laughs> right away he knows never <laughs> <laughs> bro so um it was in boston and they had the little fencing what is it called i don't know uh, what it's called this is the little barricades so. little barricades yeah okay so this one girl she's like going wild like this was pretty sold out this event and then out of nowhere she was probably lit as well yeah she was lit as well <laughs> and out of nowhere we see her fucking flip over the barricade, bro. She's like fucking laying there on the fucking thing. <laughs> Me and him, dude, we just freaking stop and we're laughing for five minutes straight. I can even like we couldn't perform anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so like, she, so you're saying she was like front row, like cheering you on, and then just and just did like a like a baseball flip yeah. over the wall. I don't know. Oh man, I don't know where she's. She's on the other side of the thing. We're like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can I can just imagine you guys being on stage and just like, what the just stop, just hands up, just like I, I don't know what to do. Yeah, you uh, fucking die. We're left. Us two there, and then our um, friend Hamza was there too. We're like, yo, all three of us couldn't like. Because the thing is, like, when us three were together, like a lot of times, and something funny would happen, we just couldn't stop laughing. So at yeah, that yeah. point, we're then we're like, not everyone was facing them, facing us. I think, but a lot of people were, and it's just like shit. Like, what are we doing on stage, just laughing the whole time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, do you guys have any uh, any pregame rituals before you perform? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, it's just 
we just go out there. We have um, we have whoever is with us. We have like a third person always come with like as our manager. Um, he would just go out there and like get the crowd hyped up. Um, what I say, twin, you say beats, whatever, all that good stuff. And then we come out pretty much. Um, we don't really, I, I'd say we used to get nervous. I'd get nervous for sure before. I don't think anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, Rinder, you're, you're like the hype man, right, with the mic. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, you're the guy that gets the crowd going. So I, I'd imagine now you got that you got that shit down. Like, before I would do it, like, even at weddings, like, I'd have to, like, get on the mic and stuff, right, and, like, MC stuff, and I would be nervous, man. I couldn't do it. I used to be a really shy person. Like, I couldn't yeah. do it. But I'd be the guy in the class that didn't even want to raise my hand or yeah. bathroom or something, right, like, back in the days. So I was really shy. But I, I guess doing all this stuff over and over again, it just opens you up and you get more, like, comfortable with doing these type of things right yeah and that's cool to see you guys grow like that too because you guys are not like it, it puts you in an uncomfortable situation right where you're something you're not used to and then you just overcome it and then it's part of your job right you view it that way and then you're passionate about it at the end of the day too and it, and it makes things so worth doing all right, all right so i want to talk to you about like something i've been seeing with the music industry i mean i mean last year you know we always see like Nicki minaj like complaining about or like her numbers compared to who was it Travis Scott like you know like they sell if they sell sweaters and it comes with a, a disc like that they'll try to like get them to number one like you see all these people trying new tactics to be number one like and like kind of you know pump themselves up like in in like the billboard charts like right what, what are your thoughts on that and like have, like have you seen that type of behavior or like and what do you think of it in general yeah honestly man um there is that happens in every industry. Some industries, it happens more than others. And in like the Punjabi industry, Bollywood industry, it's like blown out of proportion. It's like insane. So basically like the biggest artists, they will inflate their views to the next level. It basically started like, I would say six, seven years ago. So one artist basically started buying crazy amount of views. So let's say he released a track and it hit 25 million views in a week. Then the next track that he has to drop if it doesn't hit more than 25 million views in a week, that means that song didn't go hit. So it started inflating so much that these tracks are hitting a billion views. Some of the tracks, like an artist in Punjab is releasing a song. Let's say Drake releases a song on the same day. That artist from Punjab has 13 million in one day. Drake has 2 million in one day. And oh, that's, that's not real. And that is just stupid, dude. And it's like, it kind of sucks for independent artists like us because we don't, we don't go that route. Like we don't buy views. Like we try keeping ourselves genuine. And let's say our track is hitting, like Gal Karni, it hit, what, it's like maybe at 1, 1. 1.2 million or something. And that is over nine months, 10 months, right? Yeah. And then we got these other people that have an equivalent track their track would say 13 million, probably 13, 14 million. And then our track looks like shit. But the thing is our track actually got played around the world. It's getting people, bumped. People are sending yeah. Snapchats of it. It's on TikTok and everywhere. The thing is like their song, even, okay. Let's say someone got 200,000 views on their song. They went through a record label. We, we have our own label. Like we release our own channel, but a lot of artists will go through labels. So if the song actually got 200,000 plays, it'll probably say somewhere around 4 million. Like no, more sure. than that, man. Maybe even more. Yeah. I don't know. But, like, it will say that. And the thing is that ours actually has 1.2 million real views. But the thing is, theirs is at actually 200,000. No one's really bumping that song. But 
if you go and look at it, it's going to be like, oh, shit, this song has 4 million views, and that one only has 1.1, you know? Yeah. So it kind of does, like, for independent artists, there are a few artists in our industry that try to keep it real, like we do and, like, a few other artists do, but most artists are going to go and buy views, and, like, to the public eye that don't know about these um, views being bought, they're going to be like, yo, Twin Beats aren't as big as them. Yeah. So, so would you say it's more, it's the artist that does it instead of the label, or are you saying... The label puts pressure on the artist to inflate their views. Well, so here's the thing. There's new artists, like 500 followers on Instagram, and they're releasing cracks, and they're hitting 1 million on the first day of the song releasing. And mm. it's off a label that doesn't have subscribers. So it's literally an inflated number. It's like a, a click farm. A click farm is basically, in China, they have a, like, a factory that has 10,000 phones, and they all just press play on the track at one time oh, and wow. you just get views coming in just like that, you yeah. know? So it'll be the um, the artist is pretty much paying that record label like, hey, I'm giving you this money for promotion. So the artist doesn't really know what type of promotion that is, right? And these yeah. labels will probably go and pay those quick farms just to put views on it, right? Yeah. And in turn, like, if you thought about it, Say the artist paid him what three thousand dollars. Honestly, um, buying fake views is really cheap. It's like you it's probably really get a million cheap. views for five six hundred bucks. Yeah, it's really cheap. Mm-hmm. So the thing is that if they actually put that into real promotion, it helped the artist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rather than going and just putting a number on there. Mm-hmm. I think we should we should look into that for our pod. I'm oh sorry sorry. <laughs> I think I was just out loud. Get the clicks uh, up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like, what was. Like, can you speak on your decision to stay independent and, like, kind of keep things, like, grassroots and, like, do everything yourselves? Like, yeah. instead of, like, hiring labels, like, what what was the, the like, main backing, the meat behind that decision? Yeah, so basically, we've had a lot of labels now. Like, the major labels, like, the biggest labels in our industry have reached out to us multiple times for us to give them tracks. But, it, like... It's, dude, it's just such a grimy industry at times. Like, you don't know what you're going to get. If we give them a project, let's say we spent $6,000, $7,000 on making the video, mixing, mastering, and we're giving it to them, but we don't know what we're going to get in return, and they might just throw it out on their channel, no promotion, no nothing, why won't we just put it on our channel, build our channel, and keep building our own label, you know, at this point? That's what it is. But let's say we... We're at 200,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. If we have a million subscribers and then this label hits us up and we say to them, this is what we want, they'll have to listen. You know, they'll have to be like, okay, these guys are already hitting numbers. Like, I can't just be like, give me a track and I'm not going to give you anything in return because that's what they do now. They'll literally be like, give us a track and you're just going to get quote unquote promotion. And then half of that, half the people that do that, they don't get any promotion. It's just a waste. Yeah, things are algorithm-based now, as you guys know. Like, YouTube, you can have 200,000 subscribers, but that doesn't mean your video, as soon as you post it, the first week, it's going to have 200,000 views, right? So it's like, you. it doesn't matter if they have a million subscribers, whoever the um, record labels are. The thing is that if they don't put promotion, real legitimate promotion behind it, the views are not going to come in. It, it's not going to get a million views like that. Like, your subscribers don't all see the stuff that gets posted off your channel. Yeah. So do you guys feel like, uh, just to keep, you know, keep going on with your fans and like to, you know, beat, you know, the uh, the system kind of. Do you feel like you need to have a somewhat uh, like a closer relationship with your fans? And like, how do you like? What do you what do you do to maintain that relationship? Like, and keep 
keep him close to say. Oh yeah, that's definitely like so. Honestly, I feel like that is the reason that we actually pull people to our shows because we'll answer every single person that reaches out to us on DMs. Anything we'll answer them. I mean, sometimes we don't like we're overwhelmed with like work and stuff, and we don't get the chance. But we will try. Like that's number one for us to be able to interact with our fans and actually yeah. like keep up to date with them, right? Because like the thing is, we have artists that have way more Instagram followings than followings than us, and you see their shows. There's no one there. It's it's like people. Not every single one of your followers at the end of the day is a supporter. They can just like your content, you know? They're yeah. not going to come to your show. If you're not, like, we give them a reason to come to our show. We interact with them. And we show them that you guys really mean so much to us. Because they do it, right? We do it for them. So it's like, they in turn, they're like, yo, these guys are actually chill. We want to go check them out. But uh, back to your music. So you guys started off with your album Dream Big, right? That was the first one? Besides, like, the mixtapes that you guys did, right? So you guys did... Dream Big, and then you guys did Stay Tuned that came out last year. What was the progression between Dream Big and Stay Tuned? Because I know Stay Tuned is like when you guys really started, you know, doing your vocals, right? As opposed to just mixing. And then you guys had your music videos. Um, personally, my favorite song, you guys, is Gullicut Underneath. That's like, I listen to that shit every day. Just the beat of yeah. that. It's awesome. And then Miss Me, Streets. I mean, those, I'll be cruising to work listening to that shit. You guys got me fired up to be going to work <laughs> just, listen, just listening to that. But how is that? How has that progression been in like traveling and working with other people, right? Other artists in these music videos and just overall, just over interaction, getting to know people and growing your network. Like what was that transition from Dream Big to Stay Tuned and just overall? Yeah. So um, Dream Big was our first production album. We didn't throw any vocals on that. We didn't even know we were going to become singers or anything at that point. We just wanted to get into production. So we started producing the album. Um, it was a learning process for us. Um, I wouldn't say it was the best production or anything. But um, a few of the songs did get pretty decently big out there, like Streets. Um, and we we met a lot of artists then that we work with. They're all awesome. Like, they were cool, down to work. Um, after that, we did Stay Tuned, which was we threw our vocals on it. And we, that was also a learning process in the vocal and writing department. Like, that was our probably, like, sixth or seventh month into doing all that. So we were, like, fairly new to that. And we collabed with a lot of artists on that as well. Um, and it was good, man. Like we did this, like the Gal Garni track that you mentioned. We met so, we had so many different artists on there. I think we had four, four different artists and we shot that music video in four different cities, including one was in India. So that song alone was probably, I'd say it took like a year and a half just to get that song ready because we shot in India. First, first of all, the song started in India. It was supposed to be only one artist on it. Once we got his vocals on it, we we're like, yo, let's get other people on it. So we reached out to other, like, just totally different type of singers. It was, one was a rapper, one was, like, more of a reggae singer, and one was a, um, more like a mixed um, desi in English. He, he does, his name's Amr Sandhu, which is, he's pretty well known as well. Mm -hmm. So it just, we, we just kept building it, and we met so many different people. We're like, yo, let's get him on the track, let's get him on the track. So it's just, I mean, every every track that we had, we reached out to artists or they've reached out to us in the past and we just made some stuff with them, some dope stuff with them, I guess. Yeah. So, um, basically he said, we, this was like two years ago, three years ago, three years ago, we went to Punjab and we're sitting with Romi Man. He's the guy on the third verse. And we started writing this track and we made the track. We shot the whole music video and the whole song with him only. But then when we came back to Chicago, we're like, dude, you know what? This song could become, international if we add other flavors to it and we started hitting up other artists gc was a guy that we used to work with and who else was there there's push, push this guy from cali 
who we hit up and we work with him for a few tracks and we're like, yo, hop on, hop on. And then every time we would go to that city for a show, we would shoot a part of a music video too. And then it all just kind of came together like that. That's dope. So what is it like overall with the new album, like just doing your own vocals, doing these music videos? Has it just made everything more fun for you guys? The EP or the past? Like the past, like with Stay Tuned? Because that's when you guys really just started dropping music videos and stuff like that, right? Yeah. yeah. That was, honestly, man, since we started shooting our own videos and editing them, we couldn't really afford to get like a a actual computer that would freaking handle that type of work. So we kind of had this like decent computer and dude, editing one video was taking like, I think a week and a half. So like 10 days and we're spending about 14 hours a day, like waking up, just working on it, working on it. Yeah, and the I think with music videos is that it's really expensive to get a legit music video shot, right? It's like really expensive. It'll cost you even for a basic one, like six grand, seven grand, just for a basic music video, you'll get an edited shot and everything. Um, so we were like, yo, we can't afford that for every single music video that we're putting out there. That's like, say you want to put out five songs that adds up and that's for basic videos. So we started, um, we started learning how to shoot ourselves and we bought a decent camera and we started shooting every single video that we were doing for that album. I think we shot all all of them, right? Or maybe one we didn't, but whatever. So we started doing that ourselves. Um, and yeah, it's just, now, now we're getting to the point where like that album took so much of our time and like it was a lot of time towards the music videos that we're kind of getting back into hey let's just shoot our videos and have someone else edit them for this like next ep Mm -hmm. who are your biggest like music influences like maybe growing up or and now or even now like as you're as you're making music like who do you be like oh man that or or sometimes are you like you heard something like oh damn i wish i thought of that like, what do you, like... Um, we So, obviously, it's a lot of Punjabi artists, right? Yeah. Um, it's just, like, a lot of, like, the 90s Punjabi music is our favorite era of music. But in terms of, like, what our music sounds like, it's more of, like, a American pop vibe. Like, we, we like, listen to, like, Chainsmokers, um, even, like, stuff like Justin Bieber, like, what else... I, I mean, a lot of the top 40 stuff, stuff that makes the radio, and even yeah. like, like a lot of this new TikTok stuff that's got like the hip hop flow to it, all that stuff is pretty dope, man. It's yeah. just like, um, I don't think there's a specific artist that I'd say I'm influenced by. It's like a lot of the stuff that's on the radio, stuff that's even like EDM stuff, like just different genres and different things. We just like to listen to new music. It's just, um, I don't think we've ever sat and said, hey, this one artist is yeah. influencing us. Like, one artist and his many tracks maybe but not just that single artist alone you know yeah it's basically like anything that sounds good to our ears that we just kind of fuck with like we don't really restrict ourselves to any specific genre or any specific artist that we listen to a lot it's like very widespread like if you checked our apple music playlist or our spotify playlist it's like all over the place yeah yeah for sure yeah. Do you guys, Herinder and Verinder, do you have, do you each have a favorite song that you guys have done? Like, this is my hands down the favorite, the best song I think we've ever done. Oh, damn. It's always a tough question. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. So, from what we've released, I'd say probably Galkarni, the one that Corinne mentioned. That, yeah. and, and Streets, those two. Streets and Galkarni. I felt like those were the full package with the lyrics. Um, 
vocals and the music wise in in that sense but like any song that we put our vocals on i don't think i think the best is yet to come to be honest boom they're getting, they're only getting better y'all they're only getting better <laughs> so where do you guys see your future in terms of music and where do you, what are your long-term goals short-term goals what do you guys what do you guys have in mind of what you guys want to be doing here shortly so um wedding gigs we're still doing them that's our main source of income but we have cut down on that we're taking up on exclusive bookings we're not going like every weekend type of thing as we haven't been for the last few years just so we can work on content and grow in something that's more long-term for us like we feel like music can be more long-term and we don't want to be doing wedding gigs every weekend you know for the rest of our life so it's like here when we do music it's a passion that's something we can be doing all the time and we just want to keep releasing music. Um, we're working on a lot of new content, writing songs, producing songs, um, singing as well. And we're just going to keep releasing. Like we've been trying to release every month and we're going to try keeping that up for as long as we can. Put out content for everyone. Hopefully everyone nice. knows what doing. Let everybody know where uh, they can tune in and find you guys on social media and whatnot. So you guys can check us out on YouTube.com backslash Twin Beats. And you'll find all our music on there. Twin Beats then, with a Z at the end, not an S. Yeah, and then same thing on Spotify, Apple Music, Twin Beats with a Z. And then on Instagram, H underscore Twin Beats, and then V underscore Twin Beats. Nice. Cool, cool. Well, this has been fun, guys, man. It's, it's cool to just to chat, have people get to know you. You guys, obviously, it, it are the epitome of just, you know, working hard and and showing what we're all, you know, the right mindset can get you guys is from seeing where you guys from day one to where you guys are now, man. We all salute you. Obviously you guys are, are homies. We are, we're proud of you guys. Keep on doing your thing, man. You know, we see the passion, we see the love with you guys. We see the interaction with the fans. And, uh, when you guys are at my wedding, I'll teach Amy the right way to do that dance. So take that light bulb out, man. And twist, it was, take the light bulb out and pet the cat. Something like that, yes, right? Yeah. <laughs> and stay humble, man. You guys are really humble and you guys do it the right way. Continue to do that. So it's been real. DJ Twin Beats, y'all. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you for having us. Peace. 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 Cool.